Hi, this is Jim Sloan, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network and to another episode of Culture Wrap. I am here with Sarah Rosa Davies, Arts and Culture Editor. And my name is Will Campbell. Thank you for having me on the show. This is my first time here. Yeah. Of course, Will. And I'm Alec Cowan, podcast editor. And today we are here to talk about movies about journalism in memory of The Post. <laughs> in memory of The Post. <laughs> it came out. It was really good. Yeah. So, Sarah Rosa, you mm-hmm. saw The Post. This is the latest kind of big journalism movie that we have coming out. We had Spotlight a couple of years ago, of course, another big one. And then we also want to touch on a little bit some other journalism movies like All the President's Men Mm -hmm. and a classic Citizen Kane. I mean, those are the four big – well, actually, the three big ones are Citizen Kane, uh, All the President's Men, and Spotlight. Those are the ones that have won major awards. Yeah, and I was going to say there are also like some interesting TV shows too. I've been thinking a lot about journalism. Like I haven't seen The Newsroom, but there's that. Newsroom, yeah. Well, and that's then, more broadcast. Okay. Specifically okay. with print media, those yeah. three are the big ones. Well, and then Amazon had um, Good Girls Revolt last last year, I think 2016. So not not directly last year, mm-hmm. but it it's another interesting. It's more about print. It's about the woman who sued Newsre- Newsweek. Um, mm-hmm. They were essentially doing all the reporting, and the men um, they were they were labeled as researchers, but they essentially wrote the stories for the men. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting. But so yeah, let's get back to the post. <laughs> so, so initial impressions. It's a sp- it's definitely a Spielberg movie. It's got his touch to it and his sort of ri- rhythm. It's definitely got his rhythm, and I thought it's it worked well for a, a movie about newspapers. And the whole movie is just centered around the owner of the post. Her name's Catherine Graham. It's centered around her decision to publish top uh, top secret classified documents or to not publish it. And it's hinging on um, her ability to keep hold of the company, which she's now just um, putting on the stock market. So um, she's got the company at stake, and and there's potential that she might not only lose the company if this turns into a disaster, but she might also be sent to jail. And I think an interesting part of the movie, too, is she's she's from dc and it's clearly like kind of this washington elite where she like knows the people who um what is it um the guy who commissioned the pen you know who commissioned the pentagon um, and all all that stuff uh she's like friends with him and she that scene where she's talking with him and she's like i'm asking you as my advisor not as a friend whether i should publish these Mm -hmm. and i don't know it's just i think that was an interesting dynamic that i'd like to see the movie again for because there is this like taking taking the Washington Post public as a company but there, there's also like this interesting kind of look into like what it, the dynamics between publishers and editors and publishers and like the newsrooms itself that I thought was really interesting in the movie too and that I found to be pretty universal like it was like oh I get some of that you know being a journalist and seeing the dynamic kind of between publishers and editors was yeah. definitely something I think I could resonate with yeah and so I mean, what you said about her having all these connections, it's like they're the shakers and movers. Um, and the, the publishers have long no- been known as some of the most powerful people in the city and in the country. And 
the whole thing about why people are freaking out a lot about the newspaper industry is because um, like these these publishers are sort of losing some power. Hmm. But you can see it sort of happening, uh, you know, in in the post. But so to bring it a little bit back yeah. to Spotlight as well, kind of broaden the topic a little bit. So Spotlight comes out in 2015. It wins Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't seen it yet, it covers the Boston Globe's Spotlight team, who actually is the oldest operating newspaper investigative journalist unit that is still in the United States. And essentially the, 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 the movie centers around this team as they try and do some really undercover and, and gritty reporting into child sex abuse in the Boston area uh, enacted by Roman Catholic priests and obviously a pretty gripping movie. It wins best picture. I mean, how, now that we have the post only uh, two years later, I mean, I guess it came out in January. So three years later, just about, (laughs) but I mean, how, what is the popularity of movies about journalism these days? Well, I think that if you were comparing spotlight and the post, I I don't think we should be comparing them that closely um, because the Post is more about the publisher of the newspaper, mm-hmm. and the Spotlight's more about that knit and the grit of the reporters. Mm. And um, you know, like the 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 reporters are trying to find the story, and so they can publish it. And it's more about finding it and getting it. Yeah. And it's less about the Post is more about making the decision of publishing it because they just get leaked all these documents. Mm. They do it. They have to do a little bit of work to get it, but. Um, I, I think if we compare it to some of the these older movies, um, The Post is more like uh, Citizen Kane mm. because it's about publishers. Mm. And um, All the President's Men, I think, is more relatable to Spotlight because it's more about what the reporters are doing. And I also think Spotlight and um, The Post differ a little bit in some of the... I'm trying to, I mean, I've only seen like three-fourths. I've seen like... 90 maybe not i think i've seen a little bit more than three-fourths of um spotlight i didn't finish it because i was watching it on a plane and the plane landed before i could finish and i was really disappointed um but i was thinking about how the post there's a lot of kind of references to um the government's relationship with you know with the print media and especially i think there's a lot of like allegories and allusions to our current president and his relationship to the media in the post in spotlight that's not the case because i don't think spotlight spotlight didn't come out at a time when we were worried as much about kind of that type of thing as an industry i mean and so you always i think worry about obviously in the post there's this you know relationship with the government and with nixon being like you can't do that you know and him there's a scene in the movie where he at the end where he says you see him on the phone um, in the White House and he says, I don't want any Washington Post reporters coming ever covering the White House again. And it's one of the ways the movie kind of ties, you know, gets closed at the end. Um, I don't want to spoil the, the the great ending, but there's definitely, I think, more so of a commentary also on the political kind of aspects of why media is important in the Post over a spotlight. So do you think this movie would have meant the same thing or even had the same impact maybe two years ago? I don't know. No. I don't, I don't think, think so. Would, I don't think it would have. I, I don't think, think, they, I don't think been... they would have uh, even made the movie two years ago. I don't know if there's anything out there about their reasons for making this movie now. Yeah. But I'm, I am... I'm pretty confident yeah. that it has something to do with the presidency. Well, yeah, it's interesting because 
like in theater, like in theater training when I was younger in high school, we always used to talk about why are you putting on this play now? You have to have a reason, whether it's political, social, whatever. There is something that ties it to the current Mm -hmm. moment. Why now? It could be like very, very vague. But so I think I think that like the post clearly answers that question for itself. It's very clearly a movie that I think is looks back at a time that's very similar to now and it's oh my god like the the ending I don't want to spoil it but just like it's almost like you can see that coming our way too like you can see something else happening you know with our current presidency with like all the Russia stuff you know what I mean yeah I do well and certainly I mean there's been so many comparisons between Trump and Nixon yeah just in policy style Mm -hmm. especially with trying to foster distrust with the media who Trump called the enemy of the American people. So how do you think, I was going to ask the question of how do you think the post kind of has compared, I mean, we've talked a little bit about like TV shows that have to do with journalism and print media based on the post. Do you think, I mean, do you prefer, I guess maybe this is my question. Do you prefer watching TV shows about media or movies? Movies. I'd say movies. Why? (laughs) I don't – I've never really seen a TV show – I mean, a sp- I haven't seen a TV show about print okay. publications. You should watch Amazon's Go Girls Revolt. Okay. it's <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I, I don't know. I I think – I can't think. I even th- think of a TV show hmm. about the media in general that's better even – especially than Citizen Kane. They're just widely regarded as the best movie hmm. ever created. One of the best ever made. But – I, I mean, that funny. movie, what you said about the timing of it, um, of sp- of sp- the post, that is pretty similar to what happened with um, Citizen Kane. Because Citizen Kane is about this tyrant newspaper, William Randolph Hearst. And um, it's it's they, they don't say that it's about him. And the, uh, Orson Welles, the director and writer of the film, co-writer, th- he never actually said that it was about William Randolph Hearst. But it was so similar to everything that had happened in his life that um, that it was like, yeah, it's it, everyone knew. And so it sort of took down William Randolph Hearst in a way. Hmm. But it also, that was the only movie he ever made. It was like, it also took down Orson Welles. Hmm. And, I mean, it was just the timing of that. It was more than a movie. And I have argued that the backstory to, to Citizen Kane is better than the actual movie. <laughs> Go look at the feud between uh, Orson Welles and, and William Randolph Hearst. It's really, hmm. really interesting. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I want to know more. Uh, sorry, I'm not so close to the mic. I want to know more about kind of the post, too, after, like, I want to know more of the backstory. Because didn't Ben Bradley, who's the editor in the post, didn't he also work at the Boston Globe Yeah. at one point during, was it during the... Yeah, he's in Spotlight yeah. as the Globe's editor. Yeah, I think that's a good connection to make where, it, you know, it's just like these characters. Like, I mean, these are true stories. They're, you know, not just characters. These are people who, um, um, these are like people who are consistently making an impact in journalism. And, you know, I think I think that's an interesting era to look at, too, in journalism. I mean, our era we are in now is very interesting and like a very important time to be a journalist but that was also an important time yeah and so just to kind of wrap up here so obviously these movies are immensely popular i mean we have citizen kane comes out in 1941 considered one of the best movies of all time we have all the president's men which comes out in 1976 
All the President's Men is nominated for eight Academy Awards. Citizen Kane for nine. Spotlight for six. I mean, obviously these movies have great pull on just moviegoers in general, but being a journalist watching these things, something that not everyone gets the perspective of, what is it like to be a journalist and experience these kinds of movies? It makes me proud and excited. Um, <laughs> it's not... It's really, like, glorifies reporting. It does. It but does. reporting is it's not mostly... Easy a lot of grit and yeah. and not often your blood's pumping like they are in all in all of these movies yeah and i mean as a journalist you, you know, good journalists they rise to prominence because they're just in the right place at the right time and you hope as one uh, as a journalist that you're able to be in that yeah. place at the right time and so um, you know as somebody who writes stories you know all the time is always working on a story um, I kind of just, um, you know, I think of each one as a, a little, like even training hmm. for when that huge story that might change the world comes along I, and I'll be ready for it. I like what you said about kind of the grit that comes with it. I think, I think the movies do glorify journalism a bit and I think they sometimes get it like, oh, it's like the short burst of, oh my God, I'm reporting, I'm doing all this stuff. And then, but I think about journalism as such a consistent job. I mean, it's not consistent in like, how to say it, it's, it's not stable, but you're constantly, you're constantly working away at stories and constantly like chopping, you know, kind of chipping away. And I think the movies do make it sometimes seem a little more exciting than it is, but then you also have those moments where a big story comes along and you're in the right place at the right time and you get this rush. And I definitely felt a similar rush when watching the movies. And, it, and that's what made me proud was like, so maybe I won't ever be there. Maybe I won't ever break a story like that, but maybe I will. You know, like it, it made me really excited to go into journalism, even if it did over glorify it sometimes. I think sometimes you need that glorification in order to be like, got to keep working even when it gets kind of like gritty <laughs> yeah go see it <laughs> the linotype machines oh the technology is really the, cool that was one of my favorite parts when all the the uh all the linotype was being like stacked and the machines were rolling it was it's so great. It was, I love that. It was really funny because Emily Harris who's the art director at Emerald was sitting right next to me as we're watching it and that part she was leaning forward so much she was so excited because she was like that's what my job becomes in some ways you know the layout the design of the paper all that stuff and yeah. she was really interested in it and i didn't expect her to be but she was so <laughs> so it was so cool to see kind of different people like look you know, quickly glance away from the screen and see everyone reacting in their different way as we watched it as a newsroom yeah and so i guess you know from my perspective looking to the future I mean, we get these movies, something like Spotlight, which you know, obviously takes place in the past, something like The Post, which continues to kind of romanticize the Nixon era of journalism. And I, I'm really curious as to what journalism looks like in the future. Hmm. I mean, we don't have necessarily a great journalism movie that covers something like in the age of the Internet. And... I don't know if we've had a giant... Uh, we obviously haven't had at, at this point yet a giant story like... Watergate to kind of populate the mm. internet and see how modern technology adapts to it. But do I think, think I was gonna say, do you think we'll have stories like that again? I mean, this 
the whole tale of Edward Snowden. Is That's true. That Snowden, too. true. Snowden is probably one of the closest things yeah. that we have. But even like Snowden, Snowden's, I think, really like big. But even that feels like it disappeared a little bit in the ways some of those stories haven't. I don't know. Maybe because of the internet, I feel like stuff moves so fast. It does. And as journalism continues to, I guess, try to innovate, as you have places like Slate and Vox that are strictly online, places that end up shutting down their print operations in favor of digital. I mean, the, the landscape of journalism is so is changing so rapidly and in such oftentimes an alarming rate where almost anyone is a journalist these days. I mean, the definition of what is a journalist is certainly blurred when you have places like blog posts, you have places where people are trying to do these their own independent kind of reporting where I mean, it's just it's just such an interesting prospect to see, you know, what what is the next Citizen Kane? What is the next Watergate? What is the next All the President's Men? Yeah. I mean, I could go on a long <laughs> time about what I think the future of journalism entails. Um, well, about like the future of journalism, mm-hmm. there's this CJR, the Columbia Journalism Review article um, about what they thought the future of journalism was and they sort of painted this picture of like a journalist waking up in the morning and sending a drone off and yeah, like <laughs> checking the the levels of chemicals in the air from their personal device. And like, it's mm. pretty cool. Um, I mean, it definitely, we're gonna have to ar- harness artificial intelligence. That's what everybody in the industry is talking about right now. Journalists being able to use artificial intelligence and uh, to help with reporting. And there are things about like you know, you know, robots writing stories. It already happens to some extent today, but um, you know, just with this mass amount of data, yeah, you need artificial intelligence. I mean, to be able to process this to to some point, because there are just these huge sets of data that where some of the biggest stories lie, and you know, computer programmers or data journalism is really. Yeah, starting to rise to the forefront of uh, what makes the best stories, and um, yeah, I mean, definitely harnessing technology a little bit more is going to be important. Yeah. All right, and with that, I think we've wrapped up our conversation here on journalism movies. Once again, for the Daily Emerald, I'm Sarah Rosa Davies, and I'm Will Campbell, and I'm Alec Cowan, and you can subscribe to the Emerald Podcast Network on iTunes and SoundCloud or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check them out directly on the Daily Emerald homepage at dailyemerald.com. Music in this episode is Summer Dreams and West Coast by Ryan Little as found on freemusicarchive.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you.